12 games. The real NBA opening night is done. It's dusted. There's so much for us to talk about. So Michael Bolton, just hurry up and get it over with. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and just like Harrison Barnes, I just don't miss. Well, until the next time. But I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and TikTok at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code, in all lowercase, LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100 reduced. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So I'm not going to muck around here because there's a lot for us to talk about. We've got 12 games. That we're going to get into. We've got waiver wire trends, a bit of news updates, and you're going to have questions. And I am going to attempt to have answers. So we've got the daily recap. Wednesday's games, 12 of them. NBA, by the way, NBA, stop with this bullshit. No one needs 12 games in a day. It's ridiculous. You want someone to pay attention to your regular season product? Make it so that it's actually possible to watch your regular season product without having to flip through and catch highlights of nonsense. Stop this shit. It's ridiculous. Ah. All right. So, what's happening uh, news-wise? Got a James Harden update. I did detail that a little bit earlier in the Thursday preview show. He's back with the team. He's not traveling for these next couple of games. Apparently, the Clippers now have pulled back from trade talk. So, it, it does actually look like Harden might play for the Sixers as early as next week. Of course, in this situation, shit changes every five seconds. But that's sort of where we're at. We had an update on Chris Middleton, who's going to be limited tomorrow. I don't think that's going to be a long-term thing, but that's something to watch. Um, we also had an injury update in Phoenix with Devin Booker and Bradley Beal, both doubtful for tomorrow. So that means Jordan Goodwin is going to have to play because there's no point guards. Eric Gordon is going to have to play a point guard role as well. And Grayson Allen is going to handle the ball. So all three of Gordon, Allen, and Goodwin are going to have stream value. And Akogi is too. And Durant and Nurkic are going to do tons. They're going to have to do tons. But those guards, the Gordon Goodwin, um, Akogi situation, and Allen, they're going to see a significant bump with Booker and Beal unlikely to play. Also, if it, for anyone who cares, there's been a change to the All-Star game. Unless the change is they don't have it anymore, I don't really care. But they are going back to East and West, so that means no more captains choosing before the start of the game. That's no Team Giannis versus Team Luca or whatever. Back to East versus West. Why? Do they think this is going to... Uh, uh, you know, instill um, competitiveness. I'm a real Eastern Conference guy. We're going to knock the West off. Like, who cares? Fans don't care. Do players care about the East versus No one cares. It's What's, what's the point? M- apart from, I just want the old days where it's East versus West. Maybe that appeals to those people. I don't know. I don't know what the point of this is. Who knows? Anyway, doesn't matter. Such a small thing that doesn't really apply to us in fantasy, but... 
Thought I'd bring it up. Let's look at the most added and dropped players in fantasy over the last 24 hours. And would you look at that? The number one man on this list was Xavier T. Illman. He was my stream of the day. Let's check in later to see whether that worked out. Spoiler alert, it did. Um, yeah, he was added in 16% of leagues. He's a must-roster player. Taylor Horton Tucker, he started today's game up 12%. Makes sense. Jaden Ivey up 11%. Well, that's a big... Yeah, didn't work, did it? Um, even with all those blokes injured, he barely played. And uh, yeah, I'll talk more about that later. I reckon that number might be reversed. Rowan Barrett. I was surprised that he was added in 11% of leagues. I was also surprised with how he played today. So I guess that worked. Isaiah Stewart up 10%. He really took advantage today. An okay line, not fantastic, but okay. And Westbrook up 8% as well, I guess, with the uncertainty around Bones Highland, who, who did end up playing. Uh, Westbrook got a little bit of bump there. still surprising for me to see Westbrook um, not rostered in as many leagues as he was. Let's look at the most dropped players. And some of these make no sense, including the second one on that list. Sadiq Bay down 18%. Ridiculous. Like, why would you have drafted him and dropped him before he played? Jalen Johnson. You're going to hear that name a lot today. Down 16%. Why? I don't know. I could not explain it. I can't, exp I can't explain anything. Reverse course. Add in, please. Kyle Anderson down 15%. Doesn't make a ton of sense when Jaden McDaniels got ruled out. Quentin Grimes down 14%. Okay. Didn't work out for him today. Dillon Wright. Wow. That one was a little bit out of the blue. We'll talk about him later. Down 13%. And Josh Richardson down 13%. That one does actually make quite a bit of sense considering he was injured. But dropping Jalen Johnson has got to be one of the weirdest. Why would you draft him as a flyer? and then drop him en masse before he plays a game. Sorry, before he goes out and tears asses in that game. He was, was fantastic in that in that game, and someone dropped him, and couldn't really tell you why they would do that. That does bring us, though, to talk about Jalen Johnson and his Atlanta Hawks, because that's the first game that we're going to look at here. What a weird and wonderful performance by Johnson. They didn't win. The Hornets win 116-110, but we will start with Jalen because it's the question that most of you are going to ask. 29 minutes off the bench, 21-7, and seven, two steals and a block on 69% shooting. Awesome. He was great through most of the preseason. He did not start here. The question is going to come, how did he get the minutes? Is it because Okongwu was in foul trouble? Not really. Okongwu and Capella played all 48 minutes at center. So I guess you could say that maybe the foul trouble kept Okongwu away from playing power forward. But it's, again, one of those things where we look at a Kongwu having that 40% um, you know, three-point attempt rate in preseason, and he took zero in this game and played 20 minutes. So coaches just be out here dicking around. That's what happens. As for Jalen, you got to add him. Do I think that he'll play 29 minutes every night? No, but also maybe. Because there's nothing in that rotation that screams weirdness. They only went with nine guys, and the ninth guy... AJ Griffin played under 10 minutes. So basically, and this happened with a lot of teams, super short rotations. So there's a lot of minutes for him because it's not like that Sadiq Bey got hurt or in foul trouble. He played 29. It's not like DeAndre Hunter didn't play. He played 31 minutes. So it's very feasible for Jalen to play high minutes each night. You got to add him. That does take us to uh, the depressed penis because Sadiq Bey was, uh, was pretty good himself. 15 points, five steals, five rebounds. Now, of course, if he didn't have five steals, he wouldn't be looking as glowingly at this line, but it's solid enough to be a back-end player. Johnson just has more ability across different areas to impact. And then DeAndre Hunter shows again that we're out. We're completely out 
not that uh, I'm sure there's no one watching this show that had any hope in DeAndre Hunter figuring it out and turning it on. Uh, he's nothing. Nine and four, 31 minutes. Um, on a Kongwu, 19 minutes, seven and four, 60% shooting. Now that is obviously really bad. The fact that this is the same minutes distribution we saw at the end of last season is troubling. We thought that there was a chance, or I was told that we'd probably see him playing a little bit more, but Capella played 29 minutes and had 15 and 13. If this continues, or a Kongwu plays 19 minutes, I know that second half of last season in 19 minutes, he was like top 60. That was sort of the sort of shit that was impossible to stick. At that level of free throw percentage, block rate, none of that stuff had any way of holding in those minutes. Our hope was he would push into higher minutes. But as I said, I didn't think there was any chance he was going to start over Capella, but I thought the minutes would come closer. They did not. So we're not dropping a Kongwu yet, but we are a little worried. Bogdanovich had 7-4-4 four, four in 24 minutes. He's a very fringe 12-team league guy, but I haven't even talked Trey. He had 23-9 and nine on 21% shooting, but got to the line 15 times. That is a line that absolutely indicates that he is a guy that should have been picked where he was. The shooting's rough, but yeah, that's a great line. As you're well aware, I was very much down on DeJounte Murray. So do you want me to have a bit of a celebration dance here? I'm not going to because it's one game, but... It also doesn't dissuade me from thinking that he was being overdrafted like up the wazoo. 11, 2, and 6, no steals, no blocks, no threes, 21% from DeJounte, 33 minutes. I will maintain my stance that DeJounte Murray isn't as good as a seemingly the vast majority of people think that he is. But who knows? It's one game, don't panic. If you invested too high, don't panic. He'll be better than this. For the Hornets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the big fella. Big Mark Williams. How about that? 13 and 15, three steals and a block. Now, I did... Did I did I push it? I think I did. I pushed the Mark Williams bandwagon until people, as always... I always push the bandwagon. I get a little little push. I move the stones out from behind the wheels, get it rolling downhill, and then a bunch of people run in front of the bandwagon. I go, hey, settle down. We're maybe getting a little bit too far ahead on this. Um, but maybe they're right. I think he's going to be great. And as I said, I'm not worried at all about Big Dick Nick taking minutes away from him. 13, 15, three steals, a block. Awesome. Paul Washington Jr. dropped in 25 points. He'll probably have two in the next game. We know what he is like, but he's a must for us to play. While LaMelo Ball, like Trey Young, we're very encouraged. I know he shot 27%, but just my field goal percentage. I know. I know that's bad. That's why that when you have a lot of these guys, you punt field goals and you understand the variability in stats just in general. But he had 15, 6, and 10 with four threes on a 27% shooting night. Just make that 44%. We're talking about 24, 6, and 10, and we're out here double backhanding. Like, it's great. Rogier had 24, 5, and 6. Unfortunately, the return of ball didn't lead to him shooting better, and somehow he was only 8 of 12 from the line. Gordon Hayward, 10, 8, and 7. I'm a little worried at how low that usage is, but he is plugged in as the starter. And as for Brandon Miller, it's not bad. 25 minutes, 13, 3, and 2, but it's also nothing super exciting. Now, I would stash him over other top 10 picks. Shout out to Jarris Walker. I just don't know that he's got this clear path to a, uh, a huge role or anything along those lines. Today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. How does free Thanksgiving sound? I get It sounds pretty free, to be fair. This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and make sure that your Thanksgiving table is complete because who wants turkey without the gravy? No one. you got to have gravy on your turkey for Thanksgiving, or so I've been told. I don't know what it is. Turkey is great, but the best part of Thanksgiving dinner is the sides. And with Ibotta, you can make sure you get the whole family's favorite side dishes and all the turkey, all while getting yourself 
cash back. Starting November 1st, for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Good for them. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Download the Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November the 1st. Just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or the App Store and use the code LOCKED. Today's episode is also brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most fun way, honestly, to play DFS. It's not you going up against thousands of people with 20 hours a day to spare to create their spreadsheets and algorithms and formulas. It's you against numbers. You just look at the projected stats and go more or less for up to six different players. And you can win up to 25 times your entry fee back. PricePix also has the reboot policy, so your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PricePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Go to pricepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit matchup to $100. That's pricepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Okay, let's game one's done. That would mean we go on to game two. So here we are. Um, all right, the Washington Wizards, the Indiana Pacers. The Wizards have an absolutely horrendous defense. They are. Going to be bad, and Wes Unsell Jr., you are in the shitless firing line. He's a bad coach. He's a bad coach. I'm recording this before the Blazers game is finished, so I'm just going to say it anyway. Chauncey Billups, he's a bad coach. Jason Kidd, yeah, you might be a bad coach as well. We'll talk about that later. Um, I don't get it. I don't understand why you would t- trade up for a rookie at pick number seven why you would start him all the way through the preseason. He looks great doing it. And then you get to the main stuff and you go, nah. It's the Fizdale. It's what he did with Kevin Knox. Now, Kevin Knox wasn't good. But it's why why do it? What's the point? I'm talking, of course, of Bilal Kulabali, who started all the preseason games and came off the bench. He played 23 minutes here, which is honestly not that far away from what I thought he would do as a starter. Three points, four rebounds, three blocks. 33% shooting. The three blocks, love it. Fantastic. But a low-usage offensive player who plays off the bench, it's almost impossible to hold that in 12-team leagues. We wanted to grab him to see what happened. Will he start? Will he play 27? That's great. We'll see what happens. It didn't happen. It might happen later. But jack him off. Go grab Jalen Johnson. I also didn't... I don't even know how to judge this game because the minutes are just all over the shop. Like We've got like eight minutes of Eugene Omarui because that's how much garbage time there was. So when we get 25 D-line right minutes out of nowhere, how do I judge that? Eight, six, and six with three steals for D-line. That's fantastic. That's a line that's 55 spots better than Giannis Antetokounmpo, of course. If he plays 25 a night, he's clearly a 12-team league player. I'm just not sure that he is. I'm not going to overreact to that. Tyus Jones played only 28 minutes. Jordan Poole, 26 minutes. Kuzma, 25 minutes. Old Unseld got their asses kicked by the paces, so dropped the minutes down. 
So a lot of this rotation stuff doesn't make much sense. Avdia, 21 minutes, 9, 7, and 5. Not bad. thought he played well early on. But he's a guy that in the past has needed to be the number one or number two offensive guy to have the ball in his hands to really generate stats. And that's just never going to happen with Poole and with Kuzma out there. So even if he was to play normal starters minutes, to me, he would be a fringe 12-team guy. Like, fine, but not must roster. As for Poole, 18, 2, and 5 on 39% shooting is actually not bad in those limited minutes. Kuzma, 25 points with two blocks. Pretty good in those minutes. And Tyus Jones started out with like 14 points in the first quarter, I think, and ended with 16, 3, and 6 in 28 minutes. Like, all solid numbers. It wasn't solid for Daniel Gafford, though, very clearly, because he played 21 minutes, 6 and 5 with two blocks. And before you tell me he's trash, I agree. He is not a very good player. But they also don't have many other options. And he had 5,000 in his first 16 minutes. That is why he played only 21 minutes. So say he played 27 minutes. Well, maybe he gets three blocks and gets 10 points and seven rebounds, and then you're getting exactly what you expected. Don't drop Gafford after this is what I'm trying to say. Hold him. I fully understand he is not a very good player. It is about looking at role and expected production in those minutes, and I think we're not far away. I would hold him. Um, Paces. Similarly, they just cakewalked it, so they didn't need to play big minutes. Halliburton at 27, the Shark at 27, both guys cooked. 20 points, 11 assists, and two blocks for Halliburton, while the Shark goes 24 with six threes on 73%. Now, he's not going to play uh, or not going to shoot that well as an ongoing thing. I've got no no question about that. Um, and I'm a little worried that his assists won't be there. I said that all through the preseason, but he's a clear must roster. And the other really encouraging thing with those top three players on this team is Benedict Matherin. Now, you know, with Humpty Dumpty, I was pretty interested in grabbing him this season. He brought the scoring. 18 points, it was inefficient, but what I am impressed with, two steals, five assists. That's what we needed to see. We saw it, great, love it. Nempard dropped in 10 assists in 22 minutes. One of those things is realistic to continue, and that's the 22 minutes. We saw him start and play like 35 a night at periods last season and get four assists with Halliburton now. Don't overreact to this. He's not a 12-team-ish guy. What we did here is confirmation that TJ McConnell is out of the rotation. And Isaiah Jackson was the third string center, and he only played because Turner and Smith got into foul trouble. So that's why you see uh, Miles down at only 23 minutes, 11 and 8 with three blocks. Jarris Walker also out of the rotation. He might at some point jump in, but when you've got to go from third string to starter, you can absolutely jack him off both hands and chuck a foot in there as well if you want. Not a 12, not a 14, probably not a 16 team league guy. We saw one good game in preseason. Went, oh, maybe, maybe, but absolutely not. Get rid of him, drop him. Add him back in January if we need to. There's no point holding. Topham played only 19 minutes, had 11 and 4. That's not bad. He's probably a soft hold, but this, it's hard to judge really too much out of this game considering you know, the wizardsness of it all, which means that it was a blowout pretty clearly. This one wasn't a blowout, so we've got a little bit more to dissect. It is the Boston Celtics and the New York Knicks. The Celtics on the road get the victory 108-104. I started to come around to this about one week or one and a half weeks before the start of the season. I said, I reckon that there is a chance that Christos Porzingis is the second best player on this team. And that is why I took him at the turn in industry pickup. And people go, Josh, why the hell would you take Porzingis at 24-25? And part of the reason is, A, I thought he might be better than Jalen. And B was, I was at the turn. I needed to grab the guy that I wanted. And so Porzingis played 38 minutes and had 30 and 8 with five dribbles and four blocks. And am I going to say that I was right? Yeah, of course I am, because I was right. For one game. I don't know what's going to happen moving on, but that's really bloody awesome. 
the fact that he got to the line 10 times is clearly bullshit and is never going to happen again. But I, it was leaning that way. It was leaning to him being the second offensive option, and he cooked. Jason Tatum, 34 and 11 in 39 minutes. I, I love that these coaches are just don't give a f- They don't care. They just go, let's go. Big minutes. We don't, give, we don't care at all. 39 minutes for Tatum. 34-11, two steals and a block, which is great. Well, uh, I'd say that Jalen and Drew struggled. Brown had 11-6-5 and five on 36%, while Holiday had 9-4-2, and two, but added in three blocks. Don't panic on those guys, but it was clear that Tatum and Porzingis were the men here. Good game from Derek White. Now, I wouldn't, again, overreact to it. 12-6-2 with two steals and a block is sick, but he had 13% usage and shot 67% on six attempts. So that was always a little bit of my worry. Not that he wouldn't get defensive numbers, because he would. We knew that. It was like, when does he ever touch the ball enough? And two assists... And six shot attempts would suggest that that might be a problem ongoing. So just just be wary. Also, Al Horford, we can jack him. He played 26 off the bench. He's going to sit all back-to-backs. He had 8, 7, and 2. We do not need to roster him. Preseason legend Peyton Pritchard had four points in 11 minutes. He will get opportunities when players are out, but they currently are not out, so we don't need to worry about it. For the Knickerbockers, we had numerous questions about how is this rotation going to shake out? What are we going to end up... um, yeah, looking at with the, the playing time and who's going to get the breakdown of the minutes. How does Quickly play enough? Well, the answer is they just don't play Josh Hart because Quickly played 28 minutes and had 24, 6, and 4 with five threes. Awesome. Love it. He was great down the stretch and they prioritized him because Hart played 22 minutes, 7 and 6. If that there alone, like Hart could be an interesting fantasy guy, but that there is enough for me to say, yeah, look, if you're in a shallow league, you drop him. Like his upside's very low. And there's too much clanging going on with a bunch of blokes there that we don't need to hold that. Same with Grimes, who played 23 minutes for 11 points. And DiVincenzo got 15 minutes. Now, DiVincenzo, remarkably, is rostered in 12-team leagues. Why? I guess it's because people um, drop their phone in the toilet or something. I don't know. There's no reason for it. Mitchie Robinson played 22 minutes. Now, he did have some foul trouble. That is true. But hear me out. It is also possible that he's not as good as his backup. And I know you'll say, Josh, you say this every year. Yeah, because I do actually think it might be true. Hartenstein played 26 minutes, had seven and eight. I am not advocating to add Hartenstein. I'm not advocating to drop Mitch Robinson. But I am advocating to watch how these minutes distributions go. I wasn't here expecting the leading minutes player to be Rowan Barrett, but here we are. 36 minutes, 24 points. Um, but in true Rowan Barrett style, there's just nothing else to hang his hat on. And you know what I'm going to no, I'm going to say it again. 24, three and two with two triples. And in true Rowan Barrett style, he shot 40% on 20 attempts. Him leading this team in shot attempts, or second on this team in shot attempts, third, let me re- try again, third on this team in shot attempts with three guys getting 20 and then only one other guy even approaching 10 is a very weird offensive choice. But that is the way of Tom Thibodeau. I would say that it was a little bit disappointing from Jalen Brunson. Only 33 minutes, 15-3-6, 29% shooting. Part of how he was able to absolutely cook at the end of last season was he was hitting like 46% of his threes, which we knew couldn't stick. This is also not going to stick, but I was at times a little little weary of him through the preseason. A little, little concerned. And as for concern, Julius Randle, holy shit, that's te- terrible. 23% on 22 attempts, one of five from the line. He randled the rest, 14-11-7, and added two steals in, but that is absolute brutalization of your free throw percentage. So at the moment, the way that quickly gets minutes is no heart, nor low heart, low DiVincenzo, and surprisingly low Brunson. I don't know whether I trust that or not, but it's definitely what happened. 
Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. They've got spreads and totals and money lines and player props and futures, the NBA, NFL, upcoming college basketball, college football. It's all there over on FanDuel. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. That'll bring us into the next one, which was, um, yeah, pretty, um, I don't know if embarrassing is the right word. I apologize for, for Rockets fans out there, but sometimes I see something and I just it makes me laugh because I've just hated the way that the Rockets have handled things. Um, over you know, the Kevin Porter situation, the way they did things over the offseason. I want Rockets fans and all fans of all teams to experience success and to have a great team to root for. That's why I'm actually pretty aggressive in calling out bad GMs, bad ownership, and bad coach. Because honestly, what that does is it negatively impacts the fan experience. I'm not shitting on your team. You're like, my team, I love my team. I'm shitting on them because they are providing you a terrible product. And the Rockets were dreadful. Holy shit. Now, Ima Yudoka, I'm sure, will make them better than this. But again, it cannot be stressed enough that Yudoka was bad as a head coach to start his career in Boston. And then things got rolling in the second half. This front office and mismanagement has been really poor. And they got cooked by 30 points by the Magic, who actually, by the way, I think are good. 116.86. Let's talk about the Rockets. Their highest scorer was Dylan Brooks. He actually shot 71%, 14 points, four threes. Don't add him. Fred Van Vliet, 14 points, 5 assists, 4 threes, 39% shooting, not very good, but better than nearly everybody else. And Shen Goon played 29 minutes, 14, 8, and 6, no defensive stats, rough from the line, um, low minutes, but part of that's a blowout. I am here to tell you, or I'm here to speculate, or I'm here to maybe at least hypothesize that maybe, maybe Jalen Green might have a hard time beating the allegations that he's a bust. Maybe. He's not. He's still got star upside. But like I said when I was on Salman Ali's Rockets podcast, superstars break out in year three. And that doesn't preclude him from becoming a good player if he doesn't break out this season. But if he doesn't break out this season, the odds of him becoming an absolute star are very low. Very low. 10 points, one rebound, zero assists, 20% shooting for Green. I also said on one show in the preseason... It's a small chance, but I wouldn't be shocked if a men Thompson at some point plays better and elevates over him. We're not there. We're nowhere near it. Just keep it in mind. As I regret picking Jalen Green in industry pickup the other day, what a shit pick that was. A men Thompson, I wouldn't say that he was awesome in this game, to be, to be honest, but you know, it's his first game. 8-5-2 and two in 21 minutes. While Jabari Smith, does Summer League mean anything? Six points. Seven points. Sorry, I don't want to shortchange him. Seven points, 38, 3% shooting. Five rebounds, back to the old bullshit of last season. They also prioritized Jeff Green in their uh, bench rotation, so there you go. Jock Landale, just nine minutes, sorry, Jock Landale. And 15 useless minutes from Jay Sean Tate for five points. Cam Whitmore out of the rotation, zero points for Cam in 10 minutes. He is a long way away from contributing at an NBA level, but there needs to be better stuff from Landale, not Landale, from Green, from Amen, definitely from Jabari, from Van Vliet. I thought Shangun still was pretty good. He's probably the only one there, or Brooks, who could hold their heads high. As for the Magic, 
Cole Anthony cooked again, 28-2. and two. Now, his upside is limited by the players on this team. But he is, I think, a quite capable... Um, a quite capable starting point guard on a team somewhere. Where that is, because I don't think it's going to be here, um, will be something to watch. Is he a 12-team league player? He probably is, but the upside is a bit bit limited. Markel Fultz had 10-4 with uh, two assists and three steals, but low minutes because it was a blowout. But how about this? Paulo Bunkera, after just brutalizing your percentages all preseason, the uh, the meatball himself dropped 12-5-5 on 50% from the field and 86 from the line. Julius Randle could never. Big game from Paulo, while Wagner had 19-3-2. What about down the back end of the rotation? Well, I know it was a blowout, so the minutes might be a bit low, but the fact that Wagner and Bunkero played 28 and Jalen Suggs played 21 and shot 25%. We gave him a chance. One game, albeit, but it's two years and one game. He started. The defensive stats weren't there. He didn't push into regular starters minutes. If you wanted to drop him for not Dylan Brooks, but someone like, I'll keep using the name, Jalen Johnson, then do it. Like Suggs was like, hey, let's see. Can he figure it out? Can they play him those big minutes? Again, it is a blowout, so he probably got four to five more in him, but that's 25. It's not 30. And that is a concern. John Isaac, 14 minutes. Good. One block. I think he might be able to sniff some 12-team value at some point this season. Well, Wendell had 8-8. Eight and eight And two lottery picks. Anthony Black, Jed Howard, not in the rotation. Not shocked. Where were they? Where do they fit? They are still rostered in some... Well, Anthony Black is rostered in some 12-team leagues. And I, uh, I couldn't explain to you why that is. But yeah, drop him. The Minnesota Timberwolves go up to Toronto. Probably caught something on the way through, to be fair. That's why they lost. Toronto wins 97-94. No Jaden McDaniels. But let's talk about a couple of things because both Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns blocked four shots apiece. Are the washed allegations untrue? 15-13, two steals, four blocks for Gobert. That is, that's top 20 Gobert back. I don't know that it sticks, but it's back. This is also top 10 cat back. 19 and 10 with four blocks, but it's only because he shot 32%. Now, I'm not really sure if we're going to buy that Edwards, Gobert, and Towns all get double-digit rebounds every game. That's pretty unlikely, yeah? Nor is it likely that eight blocks between Gobert and Towns happens. But it was encouraging. Absolutely. Conley was solid, 11-4-3. and I don't think he's a 10-team league player. 12, sure. And then Alexander Walker started, but it was Kyle Anderson who got the bulk of the minutes. 30 minutes for slow-mo, 7-9-5. But as soon as Jaden McDaniels is back, I'd be more than happy to drop Anderson. There's just very limited upside. As for the Wizard of Noz, Nas Reed, he played 24 minutes. 10-4-1. 24 minutes is absolutely enough for him to be a 12-team league player. Now, we didn't really show it here, but there's enough there. While Shake Milton had 4-3-4 four, four with three steals, he will be a very good add when Conley misses. I didn't even talk about Goose because Anthony Edwards dropped 26 and 14. Now, unfortunately, he shot under 30% from the field. He's not the only one of the stars who did that today, so don't be too worried. What I am encouraged with is six of six from the line. What I am discouraged with is one assist, but a very good start nonetheless. For the Raptors, Darko Ryakovic gets his first victory. And there is a lot to talk about here because my favorite player in the NBA, Scott Barnes, was fantastic. 17-8, 17-8, 5 assists, 2 steals, and 5 blocks. Now, he can't shoot still. 
38% and 67 from the line. And part of my criticism with Barnes was he's a good defender who just didn't generate big defensive stats. Well, he's doing it. I had him on my list of players who could very conceivably easily exceed production or my projection, but I also thought that he was a bust at his draft pick. And yes, despite the confusion of some, those two things can intercede. Well, one of them may have come true, him exceeding projections, him being a bust at his draft pick, maybe not. These are huge numbers from Barnsley. Now, he's not going to block five shots a game, and the shooting concerns are still real, but he played a lot of minutes, and that's encouraging. And the Jedi, Oji Ananobi, drops in 20 points. Three blocks, two steals, and four triples. Great from him. There is going to be panic about Pascal Siakam. There's no doubt with that, and I understand it. Because when you see Ananobi and Barnes and even Schroeder put up big lines and Siakam goes 15, 7, and 6, you worry. He was never going to play 38 minutes a night. It's why, again, I had him as a bust. I'm telling his bloody face up on the thumbnail. Bust. Piss this guy off. Because right, I didn't think he'd play 38 minutes. But here I'm I'm here to tell you, like, don't worry. Like he shot 29%. He'll be better than that. He's never going to be a big defensive stat player. He but part of his appeal was getting tons of minutes, and he's not going to get exactly that same amount. Speaking of tons of minutes, how about Yucca Pertle with under 24 for absolutely no apparent reason? Seven and eleven with a steal and a block on 30, 30, three of three from the field. Now that's actually not a dreadful, dreadful line. It's not great, but it's not dreadful. The minutes are confusing why he would play fewer minutes than Precious Achua. The big sneeze, I, yeah, the plus eight for Pirtle, the minus five for Achua. Does it say anything? Maybe. Um, a little worried, but I wouldn't panic yet. While uh, you know the, for me, legendary Gary Trent hater is going to tell you about Trent having five points in 27 minutes. Drop him. Drop him. He's a steel specialist who's playing bench minutes. Dennis Schroeder, 22, three and seven, 33 minutes. A lot of shots. Must roster. He won't be this good every night. But that role, like 47% shooting, 33 minutes, 7 assists, no reason that can't be somewhat sustained. Look, there's nothing that stands out as being insane there. Shout out to Per 36 legend Chris Boucher, who's out of the rotation. Malachi Flynn got those minutes. And yeah, didn't, didn't really know that would happen. Also, the prestige penis played two minutes, another lottery pick, just not, uh, not really sniffing the rotation, which is a relatively common theme. For a lot of uh, a lot of uh, what's his name, um, uh, lottery picks for this season. That, that's the word I'm trying to find. Can't work, use words. Cool for me. Let's talk about the the moment or the game where Josh gets to um, Turkish grip his Danish backhand because Cade Cunningham he might be good. Am I ready to you know stick my neck out and crow about it? Only for the sake of entertainment. But he was good. And this is the sort of game that I envisage when I said very clearly, Cade Cunningham has the upside to be a first-round player this season. I was very clear on this. I don't think you should take him there or in round two. But the path to getting there is so blindingly clear to me that I'm happy that this happened. 36 minutes for old Cade. 30 points, four threes, three rebounds, nine assists, one steal and one block. And I look at all of this, and it's all about like what's real. Right? We're going to talk about something that's not real in a second. But let's look at what's real. And I look at all of this line, and I go, okay, he shot 48 from the field. 44 from three, maybe that drops. 50% from two, not a high number. So 30 points, four threes, three rebounds, nine assists, a steal and a block. 48% shooting overall. What the hell there can't be sustained? Maybe it's 44% from three, but maybe that offsets by going 52 from two. 
He had 35 usage, but sure, that's what the best players do. And he didn't get to the line a single time. He was, yeah, look, he wasn't just red hot knocking everything down. 50% from two is bad. And he still did this. Not getting out of my skis too far, but I'm excited. I'm also excited by the fact that Monty Williams is a real coach, sort of, is a real coach and didn't want to bench Jalen Duran so we could see um, the Spud brothers go out there and chuck up shots. 17 and 14 in 32 minutes with four blocks for Duran. Let's actually go. As for the Spud brothers, Bagley played 16 minutes and uh, Jim Wiseman, zero. You know why? He sucks. He's so bad. Sorry to you, James, but you're, you're actually bad at this point. How about Isaiah Stewart? Alfie drops 14 and 14 with two threes. That's pretty good. The rebounds are very encouraging. I, I think he's okay to have a look at. I wouldn't be absolutely just like, you know, grabbing and, man, it's all happening for Isaiah. That's a good start. I'm not super into it. And then we got Asar Thompson, who played only 27, Mr. Thompson did, with four points on 14%. That's the shit part of it, right? Seven rebounds, three assists, five blocks, including three blocks in the first three minutes. I still believe that he is a 12-team must-roster player. He had 30 fantasy points in this one as well. While old mate Killian Hayes played 31 minutes, and Jaden Ivey played 17. I wouldn't say that Hayes was fantastic. In fact, he had 10 points on 33%. But what we want to watch is assists and steals. Well, he had two steals, so that's good. Only three assists. He's a borderline 12-team streamer. He's probably more 14-team. While Ivey... I guess it would depend on who I'm adding, but Ivy's projection for me was outside the top 150 when the season started. I've got him at like 170. He played 17 minutes coming off the bench and his overall game is a little bit squished by some of the other players around. Absolutely a horrific start for second year Jaden Ivy, and I've been big on him. That is real close to droppable. Real close. As for the Heat, I love you, Eric Spolster. You are a very good coach. In fact, you are the best coach in the NBA, and it's probably been that that way for a while. Um, I don't really see a way to um, debate it. But Kevin Love playing 28 minutes in 2023 in the year of our Lord Vanilla Ice, what on earth is going on? Kevin Love was washed two years ago. Now, this is not a bad game from Love, 13 and 10, but what's actually going on here? Don't add Love. Bloody don't have Caleb Barton. That's a very clear drop. He was never a rosterable player anyway. Drop him. But what's happening here? Also, I think I've got a new Toronto. You might be off the hook, actually, Toronto. All of the shit that I give Toronto and Toronto fans for your crazy responses. Miami, you're next. You got your beaches and you got your warm weather. How about getting a brain cell or two to rub together? Yeah, I'm coming for you, Heat fans. Because the amount of bullshit that I saw or heard from Heat fans about this team through the Damian Lillard thing. Oh, why wouldn't you take Nikola Jovic? Look at him in the World Cup, mate. Dominate. He's fucking amazing. Of course they'd play him. He'd be their best forward, mate. He's going to dominate. Jovic got a DNPCD on a team starting Kevin Love playing 28 minutes. How's that going for the big fella? Now, half of this is tongue-in-cheek. But... It is always worth remembering when a fan base jacks off their own player to that degree that maybe a level of calm is needed around it. Jovic, yeah, was shit. So was his NBA-ready Jaime Huckers, who had six points in 13 minutes. 
Um, Butler had 19 and 13. Rough shooting night for him, but he'll be better than that. Well, Adebayo, 22 and 8. And Hero, uh, look, it's bad that he had 16 points on 29% shooting. But the fact that he shot 29 times and had three steals is very encouraging. Don't be too down down uh, heartened there. But what about Kyle Lowry? This is a team that, again, started Kyle Lowry and Kevin Love. 32 minutes for Lowry, zero points. Two assists and two steals. That's one shot is just ridiculous. Very hard to continue to hold him in 12s if you are. And Caleb Martin had two points in 20 minutes. Very, very clearly not a 12-team league guy. Let's get on to the next one because this show's a bloody long one. Cleveland, Brooklyn. No Jarrett Allen, no Dean Wade. So they started Isaac Okoro. Of course they did. And he was good. 18, 6, and 4. Two threes, two steals, a block. 60% shooting. I'm not adding him, but I'm definitely looking and going, ah, oh, okay. That's interesting. So he's not going to be a 60% shooter, right? But it's just a little bit of confidence in the shot, the assists and steals, and the minutes. Now, the minutes are likely there because Jarrett Allen is out. But let's see what happens. And the same goes for the Winter Soldier, Max Struess, who dropped in 27 and 12. Who is this bloke? Seven threes, a steal and a block. He can shoot sometimes. He got big opportunity. They played an, an eight-man rotation. It's not the playoffs, JB. If it was, you would have lost. Eight-man rotation. So Struess played 39 minutes. That looks, to me, all, all that's like the, one of the best lines of the actual, actual day. We'll get to the lines a night later. I don't think that I want to trust that for 12s, but again, if you want to have a crack at it, go for it. Right? There is a role here for him, clearly. Mitchell had 27-5 and 6 with 4 steals. Very good start. While Garland was middling. He had to cede his shots to Max Struess, of course. 15-2 and 5 there. While um, rough day for Mobley. 34 minutes. That's fine. 10 and 6 with 2 blocks. No free throw attempts. Absolutely no elevation of his game from last season at all. It's one game, but you're playing at center. There's no Jarrett Allen, and you're still lost in the source. Little worrying. Little worrying. I said they played an eight-man rotation. Um, that's a little bit of a lie. They actually played a nine-man rotation, but men eight and nine combined for 16 minutes, and they were Damian Jones and Ty Jerome. Dracarys Levert had 11, 3, and 5, and of course, he shot 24 points as is tradition. Let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets because we've got to talk about the guy that everyone wants to talk about here, and that is Cam Thomas. Thomas played 25 minutes and had 36 points, and that is what's going to get you hard. Now, he was definitely not the best player on this team from a fantasy perspective category-wise. That was um, Mikael Bridges. He's not the best player in this game. That was Donovan Mitchell. That's an amazing number, but there are, I could spend 30 minutes talking about Cam Thomas here. It's a little bit of a different scenario than when he popped off last season. Last season, he did it because everybody was out. This season, he's probably going to have a role as the sixth man, but there are a couple of things here that just aren't real to continue. A, 62% shooting. B, 45% usage. That's, that's it. That's just not going to happen. He might play 25 a night. He also played, I think, 17 in the first half and eight in the second half. Worth mentioning. He was a plus five, so they didn't get cooked when he was out there. But sometimes, again, his play can be grating. He got to the line also like nine times, in the, well, eight times in the first seven minutes and three more times for the next 18 minutes. So there was this huge stuff that happened early and then it just dropped back off. If you want to add him, fine. I would much prefer to add Jalen Johnson. Much prefer. He's going to have a solid role as a sixth man. But also in this game, Simmons played 23 minutes. Dinwiddie played 24 minutes. Like, is that how they're going to run that rotation? 26 minutes for Cam Johnson. I would say no, no, and no. So Thomas is okay to add, but it's one-dimensional. 
and it's I I a hundred percent guarantee you it will not be a sixty-two percent shooter on forty-five usage. It will not happen. One hundred percent will not happen. Why? And I no one thinks it is Josh. Okay, just add him, and just be cautious. As for Simmons, as I said, only 23 minutes, but he had 10 rebounds and nine assists, only four points. I still don't really know how to make out this rotation because Dinwiddie played 24 minutes, and I'll be honest, I'm a little worried about Dinwiddie. Five points, 33% shooting, he was shitful. And Claxton had a little bit of a trip to the locker room, came back, but only 28 minutes. He probably needs to play more there. Seven and seven with three blocks, nothing to panic about, but he needs to play more. Mikhail Bridges was thoroughly and totally fine. You know that I was like, why would you take this guy in the first round, in the top 15, in the top 20? You know you know how I thought about this. And I would say that he was okay here. 20 and 6, 4 assists and 3 steals. Totally reasonable. 8 of 9 from line. Love it. That, to me, is not a second-round player, though. It's a third-round player. But that's fine. Cam Johnson working his way back. 12-5 and 3. Totally okay. Well, Finney Smith and O'Neal. Okay, minutes off the bench. Finney Smith actually started the second half for Johnson as he works his way back uh, into basketball shape after missing all that time with a hamstring injury. Let us now do the next one, which is the eighth game of the day. The New Orleans Pelicans, the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. 111 New Orleans, 104 Memphis. CJ McCollum dominated. I was very down on him, and he's proved me wrong in one game. That's great. 27, 4, and 6, 6 triples. Shot 50% from the field. We, we love to see that sort of performance. And we even got a double-double out of Valanciunas in 29 minutes. Larry Nance, only 15 minutes. A really interesting distribution of shots and minutes in this game. Herb Jones played 38. Had 13, 8, and 3 with a steal and a block. Pretty good. Ingram, 36 minutes. 19, 7, and 6. Not particularly exciting. Zion, 27, 23, 3, and 7. Sorry, try again. 23, 7, and 3. No defensive stats. Definitely not his best. And then just the bench looked shocking. But I suppose when you're playing Kyra Lewis and Jordan Hawkins and bloody Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, yeah, you're going to lean into those starters a bit more. And it hurts because Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado, and Najee Marshall are all out for a decent period of time. So you're going to get a short-term boost for McCullum and Valanciunas and Jones and these guys. Daniels struggled. Dyson had the, the Dustbuster had 19 minutes, 6 and 5 with two steals. And that's about it. Interesting development. The Valentinus and McCullum stuff, we want to watch that. As for the Grizzlies, Xavier T. Illman cashed his way to 34 minutes, 17, 12, 4, 3 steals, 1 block, everyone on a roster, 12-team leagues, at him, don't wait. This is going to happen all season. It's not, but he's going to start. And I don't have any doubts that he will start over Aldama. None. At him. Des Bain. Great. 31-5 and 5, two steals and a block. Love that. Well, Jaron Jackson Jr. was gross. He was all right, actually. I'm encouraged by him playing 36 minutes. The five blocks are nice. But this is what, what I meant when I said I was a little worried about... People said, well, his rebounds will definitely go out with Steven Adams. And I'm not sure about that. I was also a bit worried about his blocks, but they were fine. He had 8-5 and five on 36 minutes with 22% shooting. He'll be better than this. They started Zaire Williams. He played 29 minutes, and he looked like DeAndre Hunter. Nine and four with nothing else. If you added Zaire because he was starting, it's a cool enough choice. It makes sense. If you want to drop him for somebody else, go ahead. Marcus Smart had 17 points and three assists, not much else. While uh, David Roddy played, some might say, 27 minutes and 53 seconds too much. 
Canada played 15 minutes and Laravia played 15 minutes. Not much more to talk about with those guys. The big story there, of course, is the cashier. The next one we go to is the Thunder and the Bulls. I'm in the groove now. I'm feeling good. We're back into the swing of things with games. Um, the Thunder crushed the Bulls, who might be trash. They are. They're actually trash. Chicago, they're terrible. Uh, the Thunder are good, though. Shea had 31, 5, and 10 with two blocks. He didn't get to the line 11 times like he did last season. Got there five times. So that was one of the things I was a bit worried with Shea. Like, how much does he actually get to the line? That's still an unbelievably good line. While the Bronco had what I would say was a solid game. Jalen Williams went 16-3-5 with two threes. And Giddy had 16-6-6. Pretty good from both of them. Nothing outstanding. It was a little struggle for Chet at times. 11-4-3 with two threes. I don't really care that he fell over with Andre Drummond. That happens, man. That doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't worry me in the slightest. And Lou Dort actually did his best to cut, curb some of his tendencies. 8-7-2, two, two steals, 38% shooting as usual. But what I did take out of this game is that Kaysan Wallace is good. Kaysan Wallace will start, maybe not this year, but really soon. 19 minutes, 13 points, three threes. I think he's going to be good. Well, Usman Jeng's in the rotation, nine points for him. And Isaiah Joe had 14 and five with three threes. We know that um, Joe can be that three-point streaming option when he gets a larger chance. But overall, the Thunder is good and the Bulls are bad. As for my mate, my one of my most hated players, I don't hate him in the slightest. I just think he gets overrated, Nick Vucevic. And you look at this and you look at the ranking of it and go, well, Josh Vuce was actually great. Cool. He had three steals and two blocks, which of course has no basis in reality. But one of my concerns with Vooch this season was, what's going on with the usage? And he had 16%. He had 11 and 9 with four assists and shot 63%. So to me, there are clear things that are going to drop. Steals, blocks, field goal percentage. And I'm not convinced that minutes or usage rise. So this was good. Get your jokes off, but I'm not sure that it stays. Rough from Levine as well. Actually, terrible. 25 minutes, 16 points, 25%. While DeRozan also had a few little struggles. Now, he took a lot of shots, but a team worst minus 29, 20 points, and one of three from the line. On a positive note, Kobe White looked pretty good. Kobe White remains must roster. 15, 4, and 4, despite 29% shooting. And year four, game one, out. Done. Finish with this bloke, Pat Williams. I don't think he's going to become anything. I'm done. Eight points, four assists, 40%, 14 usage. It's the same shit every year. Maybe if Levine gets traded or hurt or DeRozan's gone, he might do something. But until that happens, he's a nothing. And you should feel all right, I believe, about moving on. Javon Carter barely played Desumu under 10 minutes, which was all, all as expected, I would say. That's a fair way of phrasing that. Let's, let's take a moment now to absorb the greatness that is Harrison Barnes. The pencil. Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Play the song in your head. Ah! <laughs> Can't do it. Lost my mind. But this big fella, after all off-season, I use his name. Hey, man, why would you take a low-upside player like Harrison Barnes in the last round? And Harrison Barnes went, Joshua, what a wanker. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm about to cook these blokes. Almost said a real different rude word then. 33 points in 33 minutes with five threes on 69% shooting. But of course, he didn't get a block. And one thing we know for sure is that there is no way that Harrison Barnes continues doing this. I would not bother adding him, honestly. You can go do it. That's fine. I've seen Harrison Barnes do this. I've seen this song. I know the words. I know what happens. He goes back and he has 14 points and five rebounds and two assists and a steal on 46%. Like it's the boringest shit ever. This is great. It doesn't mean anything. I don't think. Sabonis had 22 and 12 with two, two blocks. Wow, that's a surprise. 
And Keegan Murray was pretty solid. But in true Mike Brown fashion, he had under 20 usage and played under 30 minutes. This is why I was a little cautious about maybe getting out a little bit ahead of ourselves is because of the way he was used last season. 15 and 8 with four threes of steel and two blocks is still very good. But he didn't, obviously, didn't take on the absolute number uh, three role. Darren Fox, who did not continue to finish the rim like Prime Shaq, had 18, 5, and 6, triple one, 33% shooting. Not a bad game by any stretch, but not what he was doing last season. While Fanta Pants had seven points in 24 minutes. And if I could jack anyone off, it would be this sexy redhead because he does not need to be on a 12-team roster. He's rostered everywhere and he does not need to be. Please do yourselves a favor and piss him off. 10, 2, and 7 for Monk with two blocks. That's good. The 23 minutes is a little limiting. While Duarte had nine points, he remains Chris Duarte. Not much not much to talk about. There are still people every day. Maybe we'll make this a bit where someone every day has to ask me about Sasha Vezenkov. Josh, do you think Sasha Vezenkov, EuroLeague MVP, can be a 12-team ad? And the answer will remain the same every day. No, I don't. Eight points, 16 minutes, two threes for Vezenkov in his NBA debut. On to the, um, the Jazz. They decided that they were going to tank and start Taylor Horton Tucker. 22 minutes for him, 8 points, 33% shooting because as the great Dennis Green once said, they are who we thought they are. If you want to crown them, crown our asses. He's shit ass. He's bad. The only reason you start him is because you want to tank. And obviously this is hyperbole, right? But he is just not very good. And we add him, we hold him as long as he's starting. But there's a reason that he didn't play very well. Because he isn't very good. Good game from the Baptist. 15-11. Markinen had 19-10. and 10. The efficiency a little iffy. Um, 40% shooting. While Clarko had 24-4-6 and 6 in 31 minutes. Let's check on some of the other players. Uh, also terrible point guard Colin Sexton. Had nine points in 20 minutes on 22% shooting. Oshai Baji played 19 minutes. And rookie Keontae George had eight points in 19. I would still bet. Well, I know this. Keontae George is the best prospect and the best upside player out of all of these guys without any shadow of a doubt. How long it takes for him to get that role, I'm not sure. But given this, all of this we're seeing here, up here, all of this shit we're seeing, I would say maybe not that long. So it's a very luxury stash type situation. But Sexton's not it. Abaji's not it. Dunn's probably not it. Eight points with two steals. Um, Team West minus 16. And Horton Tucker, most definitely, is not it. Let's check in on whether Walker Kessler won us blocks for the week. No, he didn't. He had one block in 22 minutes. Ah, shit. Yeah, okay. Anyway, couldn't have seen that coming. Eight and eight in 22 minutes for Kessler. That's not great, is it? This is why I was out on him. Well, this is not exactly why, but it's also why. Because it's just, the blocks are so variable and not much going on in the other areas, is there? Olenek had five and six in 17 minutes. And honestly, just it's just a dog's breakfast of performance. It's just all over the place. I still don't really know what, I feel better about Clarkson. I don't feel good about Kessler, but I do think he'll play more than this. I don't know what to make of the Horton, Tucker, George, Abaji, Dunn, Sexton situation. Hendrickson, Sensibor, only garbage time. But again, if I am putting faith in who do I think is the best talent here, it's George. It just might take a bit of time for this to be realized. And I get the feeling that maybe not exactly, but I get the feeling we'll be looking back and going, remember when the Jazz started Taylor Horton Tucker? Much like we did with Bruno Fernando of Alperin Shangun. 
we might get to that. Or, or let's go jazz specific. Rodney Hood over Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, not um, not super clarifying this game from Utah and definitely not super encouraging if you're a Jazz fan. And now we get to the Jason Kidd Masterclass. The Mavericks beat the Spurs 126-119 and Kidd went all Fisdale on us. Started the rookie all preseason, Derek Lively, and they decided, nah, we'll go with Maxi Kleber. We'll also pull Josh Green out of the starting lineup and start Derek Jones. Now, for what reason, I've got absolutely no idea. Let's talk about Derek Jones for a second. One point in 12 minutes. Cool. That experiment won't last again because it was pointless. Green played 30 minutes off the bench, had 11 points. Now, Green is not a 12-team league player. We're well aware of that, well aware of that right? unless someone's out. But just silliness. And then Kleber plays 23 minutes and has six points. But the big story is, of course, the rookie, Derek Lively the second. 31 minutes. 16 and 10 with a steal and a block. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I called this because I, I didn't. But what I did say was that both he and Jalen Johnson are two absolute must-draft players at the end of your draft to see what happens. And after round 10, there was not a single big man upside player that can get you blocked, so therefore Lively needed to be drafted. So if you're going to ask me the question, hey, is Lively a must-add? Yeah. You shouldn't even have the option to add him. He shouldn't be on the waiver wire. Lively played 31 minutes, had 16 and 10 with a steal and a block. Will he play 31 every night? Bloody hell, I hope so. I don't think that he will necessarily. By the way, Rashawn Holmes and Dwight Powell, DMPCDs. I give kid credit for that. Lively, 100% must roster player. Are you deciding between him and Jalen Johnson? You add them both. And you add them over Max Struess and you add them over Cam Thomas. And I don't really have any queries about that at all. I don't, I don't even self-doubt for one second. Must roster players. Let's talk about Luca in off the calf injury, 33, 13, and 10. Shithouse from the line, but really good from the field. Glad that he played. While Kyrie Irving, 22, 2, and 6, pretty strong. It was also a solid game from Timmy Hardaway, 28 off the bench. His presence on this team screws up a lot of stuff for other players, but that's fine. 17, 6, and 4, 14 shots, 36% is not great, but he is at least a 14-team league guy. But that meant that, um, unfortunately, Jaden Hardy was a DMP city, which is pretty dicky. So is Olivier Maxence Prosper which, you know, he started that first preseason game. We didn't think he'd be much of an option. And Grant Williams had an actually okay game too. 17 and 6 with four threes. I wouldn't add Grant in 12s. I wouldn't add Tim Hardaway in 12s. And we thought Hardy might be useful if Luca was going to miss. Well, go ahead and drop him. That's what we take the flyers on, yeah? For the Spurs, what about Victor Wembanyama? Well, it was a bit of a fizzle because he got into some foul trouble. Five fouls early on. Played 23 minutes, had 15 and 5. Three, three threes, two steals, a block, 67% shooting. He's going to be fine. What, what isn't fine, I don't think, is a little bit of um, maybe it's my anti-Keldon Johnson bias. He was fine, but stop taking so many shots. 17, 9, and look, Keldon Johnson gets nine, nine rebounds and seven assists. It's a bonus. He played a lot of minutes as well, 32 of them, but he's very clearly the you know, third to fourth best player in this team. Vassell had 23, 5, and 2 with two steals, so the breakout is on, while Zach Collins, 14, 5, and 3, a steal and two blocks. Also, if Zach Collins is available in your league, please correct that. He shouldn't be. Very encouraging from Trey Jones too. 16, 5, and 6. Yes, he only took seven shots and he hit five of them, so that's probably going to calm down. But nice enough where if you do have him, you hold him, do you rush to grab him? Yeah, I don't hate it, but I don't think they're abandoning the Jeremy Sohan experience. Now, his percentages were brutal. 33 from the field and 50 from the line on three of six. That's terrible. But 13, 8, and 5 with two threes, 25 usage, the size to see how it all works out, totally fine. Sohan remains must roster more so in points, 
but in categories, it's okay. We don't worry too much about some of those poor shooting numbers. They did not play Mamakalashvili or Barlow or even Julian Champagne, who I think is a pretty good player. But we got Charles Bassey as the backup and Chetty Osman, Malachi Branham, and Doug McDermott. Branham only the 18 minutes for seven points. It's just going to require too many injuries for Branham to find himself into a large enough role. And I also just don't think he's probably quite as good of a prospect as some other people do. But overall, some interesting things that we thought would play out. Good Zach Collins, good Devin Vassell, solid Sohan. Trey Jones probably outperformed my expectations. Then Wemby in foul trouble, and we'll see how that goes. Also, again, I'll give props to the horse because getting seven um, assists is just not something that he normally does. In the final game of the day, the Blazers and the Clippers. The Clippers win at 123-111. Simons only 27 minutes. This was a blowout, so minutes down. 18-2-4 for Simons is pretty strong. While Scoot really struggled early. He didn't score, I think, until the second half. Ended with 11 points on 46% with four assists. Rookie point guards are going to suck. It's just what happens. Don't drop him. You invested. Hold. Malcolm Brogdon was crazy. He had 13 points in the fourth quarter, though, so that skews numbers too. What I would more importantly look at is the fact that he played only 23 minutes. He had 20 points with five assists. Really good game. But usage was up the wazoo. How many, what was it? 31%, and it came in a flurry in the fourth quarter. Don't overreact to that. Aiton had some really early foul trouble. Four points, 12 rebounds, three steals, and a block. And that meant that Rob Williams played 23 minutes. So we didn't really get to see them play together. Uh, 10 and 7 for Rob with three steals and a block as well. Jeremy Grant, oh no, it's Detroit Jeremy Grant, oh no, 13 points, 42%, piss poor rebounds, no assists, no steals, one block, we roster him, but yeah, like he's not as good as he might think he is, um, Shaden Sharp, 28 off the bench, it's, I predicted him for 29, so bang on there, 14, 6, and 3 for him, that's solid enough, I think the upside is a bit limited, and then we've got Tumani Kamara, who got some of those bench uh, forward minutes, seven points. That's just a deeper league thing, but he's ahead of Chris Murray and Jabari Walker. For the um, Clippers, Kawhi, 29 minutes, 23, 5, and 6. Excellent. Paul George, 27, 3, and 6, 3 steals. It is abundantly clear that if these guys play 60 games, they are going to smash ADP. You have gotten a huge, huge, huge bonus if that happens. Zubat's only 26 minutes. Now, 20 and 12 for Zubat's with four blocks is great, but... The minute split with Plumlee was a little bit evident. I'm also interested to see that we got 22 minutes out of the big stiffy himself, the five-minute man, Bones Highland. He scored 17, not much else. That's something just to keep in mind as a streaming option. While Storm and Norman, just 23 minutes, I don't think you need to hold Norm Powell. In fact, you could jack him off back to his old Toronto days. We got Bob Covington starting with Terrence Mann out. Mann is going to miss the next game as well. Covington only had five points and only played 23 minutes, but he Bob Coved. He had three steals and a block, and that is useful enough. That is 12-team useful enough as a streaming option. No Marcus Morris. He was inactive. They just healthy scratched him, which is worth mentioning. 29 minutes for Westbrook, 11, 5, and 13. Didn't hurt you with the field goals and didn't take a free throw. It's going to be a W. He isn't going to be as high usage as in the past, which is also a W. Pretty strong numbers from Russ overall there. While Plumlee, the cockroach, had 17 and 8 in his 18 minutes. And that is 12 games in the books. So... Let's do some, um, how do we call it? Let's do some um, self-reflection and look at how the stream of the day from yesterday went. How did we go? Xavier Tillman was my stream of the day. 17, 12, 4, 3 steals, 1 block. I'd give it 3 thumbs up if I could. That worked. What about the deeper league stream of the day? Bob Covington, 5, 4, 2, 3, 1. I'll give that a yes as well. And then the points league stream of the day, Jeremy Sohan, 
30 fantasy points. Now, were there other players better in these ones? Sure. Max Struess would have been a great streamer of the day. But it's not about hitting the absolute best every day. That's impossible to pick. Did the pickup work? Yes. I think for all three of those, that stream worked. Maybe you'll argue it with me. That's totally fine if that's what you want to do. But I think that overall, the pickup worked. The monstrous line of the night. Well, we have quite a few different options that it could be. But in the end, it was Shea Gilgis Alexander. 31 points, 5 rebounds, and 10 assists. The waiver wire line of the night. Again, this is one where we look at players who are available using our advanced roster metric over at Basketball Monster. Um, available in 50% of leagues. We're giving this one to the winter soldier himself, Max Struess. 27 points with seven threes on 53% shooting. He's okay to add. There are other guys I'd prioritize. I don't think he's going to be this good every game. In fact, I probably would hold off on adding, but I wouldn't prioritize it. That's my number one thing that we say uh, there. Let's look at the young gun of the night. And we do give that to um, the big fella in Charlotte, Mark Williams, 13 points, 15 rebounds, and three steals. And then lastly, we go through to the dud of the night. Who's it going to be? Who's your pick for dud of the night? The dud of the night is, of course, the Padawan, Colin Sexton. Nine points, three rebounds, 22% shooting. Um, now, to finish off the show, it's been a long one because there was a lot to talk about. Let's go through and um, have a look at the top six players for points leagues, category leagues, and top six waiver wire contributors for the day the top six category league players for today were Shea Gildas-Alexander, Jason Tatum, Kristaps Porzingis, Max Struess, and Donovan Mitchell. That he was at number six. The top six players who are rostered under 50% of leagues using our advanced metric was Max Struess. Again, okay as an ad. Isaac Okoro, a deeper one. Cole Anthony, sure, if you need some scoring. Cam Thomas, again, if you need some scoring, but quite a few red flags in terms of consistency there. Tim Hardaway, yeah, like whatever, like, no, more of a deeper league one. And then Jalen Johnson, yes, I would add Jalen Johnson in leagues if he was available. And then your top six players in points leagues, Luka Doncic, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Desmond Bain, and the legend himself, Scotland Barnes. And that does it for today's show. A long boy, a big boy. Give it a thumbs up if you like the things that you heard. Give it a thumbs up if you hated the things that you heard. Just leave a comment, do whatever. Guys, follow this podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, you please thumb that up. And you leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.